Lior Samfiru, uh, partner Samfiru Tamark, and of course, employment lawyer, host of the Employment uh, Law Show here on the radio station. And, you know, Lior, I saw the numbers yesterday coming out of the United States. I mean, we're talking like 1933 kind of numbers in terms of, uh, you know, jobless applications. And th those numbers are indicative of what's going on in Canada. The types of jobless applications, the top of, type of unemployment we're seeing are, are, and are going to continue to see, at least in the short term, is substantial. So it is more important than ever that people understand their rights, their option, the compensation that's available to them. That's why I'm so happy that you've had me back to talk about those things. Absolutely, Lior. And uh, let's get straight to the calls because they're all lined up and ready to go. we got Joe on the line with a question about his wife's situation. Good morning, Joe. Hi, good morning. Um, just the facts first. My wife is uh, in her early 50s, been in a company uh, corporate management role for 20 years. She just got uh, told last week that she has to take a 15% pay cut. She was issued a letter saying that uh, either she accepts that or accepts a layoff. Her question is, if she accepts that 15% temporarily through this, this turmoil, Will that affect her severance if, let's say, two, three months down the road, they decide to cut her outright? Would she be severanced on her, her salary up till now, or will it be on the last 15%? That is a great question. So the short answer is that it would be based on her salary at the time of termination. So if the, if the time they let her go, she's paid 15% less, then that's the amount, unless there was an agreement in writing that the salary is going to increase on a specific date. If there was an agreement in writing, then the severance would be on the higher amount. But that is one of the concerns I always have with the salary reduction, because not only are you making less money, which is a problem in and of itself, if you are let go, now your severance is going to be compromised because you're be, it's going to be based on the lower amount. So one of the things she may want to agree with them in writing is, number one, that the salary will increase on a certain date, but perhaps even beyond that, that if they let her go, whatever termination entitlements will be based on her full salary. So that is something that she can consider and, and hopefully the company will agree with. As a last resort, if she really is unhappy and concerned, she may be able to treat this 15% pay reduction as a constructive dismissal and pursue her severance now based on her full salary. So that's how that works. Right. Okay. Thank you. Um, the one thing they have not provided is any sort of exit clause on the 15% reduction. Like they're not saying anything about if the company resumes, you know, full operations and they're making all the money they were, will it go back to 15%? They refuse to talk about that. And they also have asked her to sign a, as part of this letter, they want her to acknowledge that her workload is being reduced when it's not. Her EA was just fired outright and she has to now assume the role that her EA was doing as well. So it's those certainly are, are, are real concerns. So it may be something where constructive dismissal may be an option if it becomes more of a, of a risky situation. If certainly, if she'd like to to, to get some advice, she can reach out. Uh, but I, I am very concerned based on what you've just said. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate your help. What a uh, thank you so much, Joe, for the call as well. What a situation to be placed in that you'd have to signatory a an agreement that your workload has been reduced, Leora. That's that really exposes you, doesn't it? Well, it's what the companies try to do is to avoid a constructive dismissal. Essentially, you've agreed to this, you've accepted this, now you can't pursue a constructive dismissal. Not a good idea. If the company reduces your pay, you should keep your, those options open because you don't know, or, or if your workload changes, you don't know how long that's going to be for. So when an, and whenever an employer asks an employee out of the blue to sign something, honestly, Mike, as, as a general rule, I say be concerned. 
Let's go to Adrian. He's got a question about his girlfriend, and uh, congratulations, Adrian. I understand she's pregnant. Yes, she is, Redoo June. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, we had some questions up in the air, some background. Um, she was So we worked for the same company, and we were, she was laid off due to shortage of work because of COVID, so we did a 90% reduction in staff. Um, so it forced her to apply to EI right away. Um, now, apparently, they're switching everybody over to the CERB program, which one of our friends has been, but yet she has not. And we're wondering, how does this affect her maternity leave? So the, the switch to the CR, CERB is not automatic. If she's on EI, then once the EI runs out, that's when she can switch. So it's not that EI is going gonna, is gonna to stop. So in terms of her maternity leave, yeah, that is, a, that is certainly a concern. Uh, one of the things that she may be able to do is, is get her doctor to give her a note saying that she needs to go off on a maternity leave sooner. You're allowed to go on a maternity leave sometime in advance of your actual due date uh, because the problem is if, if she waits too long she may not have enough hours worked before that maternity leave to qualify for benefits I do think that's something the government is going to be addressing I hope and and I've heard some rumblings through the grapevine that that may be the case but right now I would err on the side of caution and perhaps the doctor feels that for medical reasons she should start her leave now she could qualify for longer term benefits than the current benefits that she's on that are going to end that i think is the safest approach starting again to talk with the doctor okay perfect well i really appreciate it thank you very much and uh best of luck to you and uh, and your new family uh quick uh, email from Lori yesterday uh, uh lior because she emailed around 11 o'clock in the morning said i couldn't get through um, she works full-time in health care during the week, and on the weekend she cares for a senior in her home four hours Saturday, four hours Sunday. The weekend job has me as a contracted caregiver. My question is, if I get laid off from my full-time job, do I need to give up that weekend job to be eligible for EI or the CERB? So to be eligible for EI, no, you do not. Uh, for the CERB, arguably, yes. The way that it's currently being interpreted is if you have other income, you would not be qualifying. Uh, you're not be able to qualify for the CRB. But for EI, yes, if you lost that income, you get a record of employment, you would qualify. So at least you have that uh, as a cushion. All right, because I'm concerned, Lior, a lot of people, I think, are assuming the CERB is just uh, give me free money. You ha really have to qualify specifically uh, through various, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, criteria. You absolutely have to qualify the, the criteria of having to earn some income and specifically losing your job as a result of the virus, not for anything unrelated to that. And, and the concern that I have, and I've mentioned this already before, is that some people will get this money when, in fact, they may not qualify because it's not going to be easy to tell the government to pay it. They're not going to be able to vet your applications. But at some point, we said this earlier in the week, you're going to have to pay the piper, uh, and there's going to be repercussions if you're getting this money or asking for this money when you shouldn't be so you really have to be careful here all right Lior grab yourself another coffee we'll take a break we will come back with more of your phone calls Lior Samfiru employment lawyer host of the employment law show here on the radio station partner at Samfiru to Markin Lior Samfiru on the line employment lawyer and partner at Samfiru to Markin of course the host of the employment law show here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto with your calls at 416-870-6400 and a uh, little tiny font here, Lior, and I'm an old man. I think it's Tara. How you doing, Tara? Good morning. Thank you. What's your question for Lior? So I've just recently been terminated from a full-time position and uh, due to a work shortage. The company has made me an offer, but I don't know if it's fair. 
Well, let me ask you a few questions, Antara. How long have you worked there for? Just under two years. And what kind of a job and how old are you? Uh, I'm early 40s and it's in the new home construction. So I was administrative help. So you'd probably be looking at about three months pays what you'd be owed. Now, that could be somewhat less if you signed an employment agreement that limits your entitlements. What did they offer you? Uh, they offered me two weeks in lieu of uh, notice and an additional one week pay. So call it three weeks. So obviously yeah. that, that, that is significantly less. Remember the factors, main ones are age, position, and length, and length of employment. Plus, there's another factor now that it's a, is a big deal, and that is that it's going to be harder for you now, presumably, than it normally would to find another job, perhaps uh, you know, less jobs available, more people looking. So because of that, that could also have an upwards impact on your entitlement. So you could even be owed four or five months pay. So no, that is not sufficient, and uh, you know what you need to do in that situation. You really have to sit down with someone and get advice. Okay, beautiful. That's... I. That's what I needed to know. Thank you for taking my call. Terry, you have a great weekend and be well. Boy, you can make f- people feel better. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's part of what I do. I'm like, what can I say? <laughs> part-time lawyer, part-time psychologist, I guess. I love it. I uh, love it. Thank you. Well, yes. people need to know they have rights, right? You know, that's the problem there. Uh, both you and Savannah in your practice, they, people get scared. We got Frank on the line. Hey, Frank. Hi. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Actually, I know my question is probably I got answer about a couple of callers from what you guys had. But my question is actually uh, I'm working a full-time job. I had a full-time job uh, last year, and I did work um, as a self, uh, self-employed. self Now, I want to know if I'm entitled to the CRB benefit because, you know, people work to make their ends meet, right? And we have to have two jobs. And I know where my answer is going to direct to, but uh, see what you get to highlight on that, please. So as a self-employed individual, yes, you are entitled to uh, the CERB benefit as long as you've earned $5,000 or more over the last year. But of course, to qualify for that benefit, you have to show that now you don't have income. So if you, in fact, you do not have income over the last 14 days or 14 days before you apply, you would qualify. So really, uh, in this situation, it comes down, Frank, to income. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fine. Okay. Um, so I, I was, uh, it's a full, full-time job, but I was, was working as a real estate agent, right? So, you know, it's uh, kind of uh, odd to work at the open houses and all that stuff right at this time. Yes, absolutely. And I've, I've spoken with a number of real estate agents expressing the same concern. So ultimately, the way the CERB has been structured is, yes, you would qual- the fact that you were not an employee, a standard employee, does not impact your ability to qualify. It really comes down to compensation. And, and the, the gray area is for those people who are still making money, they're still earning income, they're just making a lot less the way the CERB is currently structured, and again, I've said this before, I hope it's going to change, those people may not qualify because they're earning income, albeit a lot less income. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Yeah, be well, Frank. Appreciate that very much. Uh, we got Jason on the line, Jason. And uh, Lior, he's just been laid off. Jason, go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Go ahead. What's your question for Lior? Okay, so uh, what happened was I've been working for a pretty reputable fair-sized company for the last year as um, senior uh, site superintendent. Now, I just received a letter on 
uh, March 20th telling me that due to this COVID and the lack of work and contracts, they're laying me off. However, the letter says permanent layoff as opposed to layoff. I'm wondering where that puts me uh, as far as compensation. They've offered me uh, one week in lieu of notice. And I uh, feel like that's not very fair considering how hard it is to get a job right now. And you're right, and I have to agree with you here. So a permanent layoff, what we call a termination. In other words, your employment has been terminated. They're not planning on continuing the relationship with you. Well, in this situation, the company has termination entitlements. I refer to it generally as severance. So if you've been there for a year, and how old are you right now? I'm 39 years old. So you probably owed right around three months' pay as well, something around around there. So a week's pay is not even close. Uh, that said, it's not unusual. I see this uh, often. In fact, most people that call me in these situations have these deficiencies in their termination uh, offer. So that's the bad news. The good news is this is not complicated. It's not rocket science. This is not difficult to resolve. So if, okay. if, you, if you need some help with that, you know what to do. I do, and I'm going to call you. I appreciate it. I've just been struggling because I received that week yesterday, and that's it for me now. So I'm, uh, I got a family to take care of. I got to figure this out right away. For sure, Jason, take care of yourself. Really appreciate it. You know, Lior, I get a lot of emails uh, during these times from self-employed people, and our next caller is Patty. She is one of them. Patty, what's your question for Lior? Hi. Good morning. Um, I'm uh, basically self-employed. I. Uh, represent some uh, companies. Two of the companies I represent, I work commission. And basically with those two companies, I'm calling on uh, dollar discounter retailers selling one company um, electronics, the other company uh, chemicals. Both of these companies right now, uh, I'm not doing last week, two weeks, I haven't really been doing any business. The other company I represent, I do 10 hours a week and they pay me every week, and they do take unemployment insurance. Um, I also just, re- uh, 63 years old, I just uh, put in for my CPP early, and my first payment would be coming, uh, I would be getting it in April, end of April. I probably shouldn't have applied for it. I don't know. So what do you think I'm entitled to? So you can apply for the uh, CERB benefit, but again, you, you won't be able to do that if you have income. So this may be a situation where you may, you have to decide what is better for you, what what would pay you more ultimately. I guess if you're earning almost nothing from, from the work that you do, the CERB may be better, and you may want to talk with the companies that you work for that you, you put things on ice for a little while until things get better, and you can apply for the CERB benefit. Now, if the position where, the, where they're taking off EI, it sounds like they're considering you as an employee in that situation, if that yeah, position yeah. ends, then you can apply for EI. But again, that position has to be at least uh, temporarily uh, not available to you with no income, it then is. you would qualify for EI. Uh, so you can apply for EI r- right away just on that position. That may be the easiest and, and, and the fastest way for you to get some compensation, and the CPP won't impact that. Okay. The um, the uh, one that pays me out, um, the EI, is done like we're we're out until this is this is all over because we can't do that work um but it's not you know it's only it's not a lot it's only like 10 hours a week so it doesn't amount to too much whereas the right. other two on the commission um is basically the bulk of, of my income right so um so the crb 
you can absolutely but not if you have income coming in even if there's reduced income you would not qualify right now for the CERB so you may want to talk to them maybe about deferring some of the work until things get better when you have better chance to earn income and in the meantime get the CERB Uh, if you don't go that route then EI is going to be your only option okay okay thank you so much have a good day all right Patty good luck to you appreciate it so much Leo are you on with John this weekend I am, 1 p.m. on Sunday. All right, a full hour of employment advice. And so many times, you know, you've got a particular situation, you'll hear it with another person through Lior. So give it a listen, 1 o'clock, this station, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, Lior Samfiro. Lior, enjoy your weekend, relax, love to your family, and be well, all right? All the best to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Lior Samfiro, employment lawyer, partner at Samfiro to Markin.